Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is the Light Path Podcast, brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. On today's episode of the Light Path Podcast, I'm joined by Ashley Elizabeth. Ash is a wife and a mother who has made showing up for herself not only a priority and a necessity, but also a thriving and supportive online business and community. Ash is a specialist pre and postnatal wellness coach. She helps mothers and mothers to be break down their barriers to exercise by hacking time and using mindful movement to tap into what their body needs each day. But her wisdom on all things wellness and making time to prioritize yourself does not end there. Today, Ash shares with us her story and how showing up for herself has been her saving grace in all that she has faced over the last few years. I really hope you enjoy this inspiring chat that will hopefully have you questioning how you show up for you and the impact of making yourself a priority can have on all aspects of your life. Ash, welcome to the Light Path Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, I'm excited that you're here. Um, You and I have worked together in the past and I am so attracted to and drawn to women who have that entrepreneurial streak, but really just out there, you know, giving of themselves in a way that ultimately does help and lift others up, especially women. So watching your journey as you have evolved in your business has been so awesome. So I can't wait for you to share the wisdom that you hold and the passion that you hold that drives you in that. Thank you. Yeah, it's been um, a real journey. So I'm excited to chat through it. But um, it's when you asked me to come on this, I was really honored and really excited because I feel like I've always been really drawn to you. And we had a few healing sessions when I was kind of in the thick of a few things going on. And um, you really kind of helped me and you were actually the one who told me I was having a baby girl before I even found out. So, oh my God, I don't yeah. even remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Oh, so let's kick this off. Like, I want to get into your story. But before we do that, can you share with us your favorite quote? Okay. Um, I feel like I, I feel like, I, can I share a couple of mantras? Oh, they're like quotes and mantras that I kind of, Yes, please. You're the first guest to do that. We love a bit of road. I love that. Go for it. So something I sort of live by um, and always come to throughout my day is life is happening for me, not to me. I guess it is a quote. I wouldn't have a clue who originally said it, but it's more of a mantra for me. Um, When I'm having a moment where I'm like, oh my God, this is hard. Or, you know, why has that happened? I'm like, no, what's the lesson here um so that's one and then the second one is lead with love and I just love this I feel like as a person and a business owner as a woman it's really easy I often fall into and slip into like the masculine and like go 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 and just coming back to like lead with love just remember it reminds me to be you know loving and warm and come back to the feminine 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 energy that I kind of want to be in business and in life so I guess those two and that's and that's so interesting because we know that more and more women are going to be called into heart-centered leadership 
which means often challenging the the structural ways and and the formula that has got us to this point so far and that's really beautiful and and I hate it that you know one of your my first reactions is oh that feels like soft let's get stuff done but it's actually so strong yeah thank you it's a daily like I said a daily mantra for me so I love those two. <laughs> love it. Well, talk, well, talk us through your journey to becoming the specialist pre and post natal wellness guru. I'm calling you that. You don't call yourself that. You call yourself a coach. But how did you get to this point? Um, so this is kind of, I guess, a new-ish career for me. I became qualified as a personal trainer in it was like 2016, 2017. So I was like 26, 27. And um, prior to that, I was very much like in the corporate corporate world. Um, I worked in human resources, recruitment. Um, and interestingly, still always in like that remit of helping people, uh, very people oriented roles. Um, but yeah, in the corporate world, I've always been really ambitious, but also had I was chatting to a friend about this the other day. I've always had this resistance to working for a company. I've always had this like real kind of free spirited vision of wanting to do things kind of my way. I fell into, um, it was the five, two diet at the time and, um, just kind of one summer, all of a sudden lost a lot of weight going through this diet and, it was amazing because I got so many compliments about, you know, no one ever knows anything about weight gain or weight loss. And for anyone on the outside, I could have been like stressed or going through an illness or whatever, who knew what the reason was, but I was getting so many compliments. And that was like the drive um, to me continuing on this diet. So actually my wellness journey started from a really negative place, Mm. Um, but I'm actually really thankful for that now because I've come such a long way. And like I say, that was the start. Fitness then came into that, but also from a negative space to kind of keep driving that, you know, staying in that certain body composition that I was in. And then it was another diet or another fad. And while I was working at this kind of fashion house, it was, you know, I was around those conversations and it just kind of spiraled. but I've always been quite an intuitive person, as you'll know. And I think I started to question what I was doing. Um, and I started to realize that actually it wasn't feeling that good. I didn't feel great. And I noticed that my habits and my self-talk and all of those things were just not positive. Um, so I kind of, I guess, turned it around. It was actually at a point where my now fiance um had a job offer in South Africa so we moved to South Africa I left the company and I didn't actually work for six months and at that point I my get up and go my everyday purpose was to you know keep myself busy and so I drop him off to work and then I would go to the gym and it became like my lifestyle and the more time I had to kind of explore it the more I was like, actually, I'm around the gym. And why am I here to look a certain way? Why can't I be like, okay, 
it would be really cool if I could lift that weight or if I could squat that or do a pull up and I couldn't do any of it because I was so weak and just you know quite fragile from just not eating really um so at that point my goals kind of changed and I went on a bit of a transformation at that point but on the other way to more of like a self-love journey and um when I sort of came out the other side of that I was like wow I'm still hearing all this conversation around dieting and don't get me wrong it wasn't an overnight Mm. and you know even now I would say I'm really only driven by how I feel and nourishing my body and feeling good mentally and physically but sometimes those thoughts creep in they just do you're never fully healed I don't think from diet culture or disordered eating or whatever it is um but yeah so hearing those conversations still I was like wow like I feel so good from going to the gym and my goal is being stronger and fitter rather than losing weight and um we moved back to the UK and I actually went back to that same company. And at that time I was like, do you know what? Like I've got this real kind of feeling that I want to, to take this on as my career. I want to help other women to Mm -hmm. feel like I do. And not because it's the goal of being a certain size, but because it's about empowering us to love ourselves and to move because we feel good because we can be strong and we can be fit and we can be healthy not to fit a certain, you know, stereotype. So that was kind of how it all came about. And that was in 2017. I left my job. I took a kind of plunge of a leap of faith. Um, for I worked in HR for like nine years. And I was like, I'm going to throw this in. If it doesn't work in a year, I'll go back to it. And it worked. And yeah, I worked uh, as a as a strength and conditioning coach in an incredible gym in Bristol. Um, I was really picky on where I went because I wanted to be around people that and other coaches that I could learn from. I've always been someone who, when I do something, I want to be really good at it. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not just going to be, you know, there's a lot of personal trainers out there, but I want to be like, you know, at the top of my game. I want to learn everything I need to know. Um so I, I did that for a few years. And then, as you'll know, we moved uh, to Hong Kong when I was 20 weeks pregnant. So this is where kind of the pre and postnatal side comes in. I fell pregnant and kind of explored what prenatal exercise looks like and how that changes your body each trimester, how your mindset changes to exercise and your body. Um, and then when we moved to Hong Kong, I... At, the right time because obviously COVID happened I went online and kind of learned everything I could about pre and postnatal training so that's led me to where I am now and that was a really long-winded answer (laughs) no but it's so important because there's there's literally so much to unpack in that and although yes the push method is about pre and postnatal uh wellness and and coaching around that I think as women, we have many pre and postnatal periods of our development and growth that have nothing to do with having a baby. So, you know, just thinking about, you know, the way I used to use and abuse my body when I was in my 20s and how I tried to replicate that in my 30s and the health disasters that happened because of that trying to figure out my body in my 40s, like it's constantly changing. And this just this morning, how funny that now we're talking, well, not funny, we know it's perfect order, but just this morning um, 
Uh, there is a, a clip that has come out of Gwyneth Paltrow talking, so I'm rolling my eyes, but Gwyneth Paltrow talking and she's being interviewed about what she eats during the day and it's so scary what she eats during the day. Basically, she's in a major eating disorder. Having coffee and bone broth does not constitute a diet um, and a salad thrown in there occasionally. And this TikToker was talking about that clip and she's saying everyone needs to get off Gwyneth Paltrow's case because, and, and this leads to what you were saying about how you were really praised for your weight loss where technically it was the start of an illness. Like you weren't necessarily that well and I don't know that there's a woman out there that isn't affected by diet culture um and she's like you need to get off her back because the reason she eats like that the reason why the likes of Courtney Cox and Jennifer Anderson look like they do is because they will get crucified when they walk out their door and they don't look like that mm. where are all the Kirstie Alleys of the world and she's like and other actors what are their names we don't know their names because they don't exist anymore purely right. because they aged and mm. they got fat where we're supposed to get fat and they've gone through their womanhood and she's like she eats like this because of that kind of social pressure and we're all picking on her and it made me see it in a different light that you know it's none of us are not tarred by or touched by this and so from your perspective I'm interested to know with all you've been been through and being really aware of that the fact that you're that aware of it and then actually proactively did something about it. What was the core reason why you did something about it? Um, so actually at the time, interestingly, I did have something going on with my health. I had, um, I was diagnosed with a kidney disease called polycystic kidney disease. And that was, to be honest, like, I've now been told that it's been reversed and I don't know what the reason is for that, but it could be lifestyle. It could just be that it was never that in the first place. But at the time I was told I had polycystic kidney disease. There's, there was no cure and that um, I basically was going to have kidney failure by a certain point if I didn't look after myself. So that was, that for me was the real catalyst. It was, um, yeah, moving to South Africa, being in a position where I was like, I, I still had this information, but I was treating my body really badly. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I was in this gym and I was like, actually, I want to be strong. And actually that aligns with what I need to be doing to look after myself. So in a way, it was lucky that I had this reason to be, you know, to look after it myself and I took action on it um but also I I lost my dad when I was really young he was 11 and he died really suddenly when um just out riding his bike um and they said that it was it was a blocked archery but actually it was because of all the years according to the medical professionals all the years when he was younger that he thrashed his body and he drank and he you know ate rubbish food and all of those things and I think throughout a lot of my teenage years and my early 20s, I I was still grieving. I was 11 when I lost my dad, but I had, you know, I was a bit like, oh, whatever, that won't be me, that won't be me. And then I think it just, hearing about this health condition myself and then reflecting on, you know, some someone passing away that was very close to me um, 
it was a bit of a catalyst. I realized I was treating my body in a really bad way. And that was a decision for me to at least explore it. It wasn't like an overnight thing. I wasn't like, this is done. Like I'm not, I'm not treating my, not treating myself like that anymore. It was like, I'm going to try this and see what happens. And then over time, the more I created these kind of daily habits of challenging that mindset of I'm going to sit for 50 minutes on a bike and just sweat to why don't I do, you know, 15 minutes on the bike, I'll get my cardio and then I'll go and see what's going on in the weight section or I'll challenge myself and see if I can, you know, build some strength. Um, And when I did it, it kind of just kept going from there because there's something so empowering, especially in a gym. (laughs) It's so daunting to go firstly as a woman to go into a gym space. And I will always say that no matter how confident you are, there's an element of feeling quite, you know, nervous. It is a masculine place and particularly the weights area, you know, you can get some looks. There's a lot of men sometimes that, you know, don't look at you the way you would want to be looked at and you're just like just let me have my space I want to be here I'm doing my thing um but the more I did it and the more I showed up like anything you feel more empowered and you feel more confident and it becomes a habit becomes more natural so I think yeah that's kind of how I started to break free break free of that cycle and kind of create my own path with it um but even now I I don't really I don't really train in the gym at the moment it's I find for me over time um I found even more of my own style and I think like you were saying like women go through a pre and postnatal phase throughout life like we we have our breakdowns and breakthroughs and that's not just that's just part of life but with each breakthrough we're born again and I do think that you know certain things happen in life. And I'm really grateful for the fact that, you know, I went through this period of breaking down, I suppose, in how I loved myself, because it's allowed me to break through and hopefully now support other women in doing the same. Um, But it's not, it's not like a clear cut thing. And I think a lot of the time, we compare ourselves and not even to other people, but to ourselves. Yeah. Like, and I always say this, um, you know, to my clients that I, I, I work with um, for someone that's had a baby or even if you haven't had a baby, maybe you're recovering from an illness or something, you know, you've been out cold with like tonsillitis and you come back and you're like, right, I'm going back to the gym on Monday but your body's still recovering. It's still healing. And you're not probably going to be able to do the same thing in the gym or in your Pilates class that you were doing two weeks ago, because, you know, you're still healing. You've probably lost a bit of strength. You've lost a bit of stamina, but we compare ourselves to where we were two weeks ago, a year ago, but we just expect that the same person to show up. So I think we just need to remove that comparison and start where you are every day meet yourself where you are every single day because you know a night's sleep affects everything (laughs) even just how we sleep affects everything so I think yeah comparison of ourselves is like one of the biggest thieves of our well-being I think and yoga's really helped me with that because you know in most yoga classes they'll say like 
explore where your body's at today and you don't have to do every pose you can go to child's pose like you can do what the hell you want and that goes totally against my a-type personality of there are rules and we shall follow them and I was able to do that yesterday like I am classic for that but what I heard in what you shared is the undercurrent theme there is your willingness to show up for yourself and obviously it's taught you so much it's taught you how to be super intuitive with your body it's taught you the softness of comparison it's taught you self-love and all those things but how hard really is it for women especially especially women with little ones how hard is it to show up for yourself oh it's really hard (laughs) it's so hard I, st- I find it hard still. Um, yeah, there's so many, so many reasons not to. Um, and, you know, there's, we're busy. Life's busy. Like, there's a book called Rushing Women's Syndrome by, a woman, oh, yeah. by Libby Weaver. And I love yeah. that. Book. I've got it, but I'm too busy to read it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Enjoy it um, But we are, we're just rushing from one thing to the next, you know, trying to keep up um working like socializing doing all of these things and you we don't prioritize ourselves as much as we should um so yeah it is it isn't easy it's not easy at all um and like I said I I do make time for myself every day because I've made it a habit and also because I know how I feel when I don't and I think this is one of the biggest things I think for me and something I always remind myself and remind other women I guess is focus on the feeling rather than the thing so so often we're like I want to go to the to a you know to the gym or try yoga or try pilates because I want to have xyz or look a certain way I want to have abs I want to lose weight but actually you'll get to that point say you get to that point but you actually don't feel that good. So in coming back to how you want to feel, that I find is what creates like lasting habits. And then also as a byproduct, you get those results because you're showing up for yourself because you know you want to feel more energized. Or for me, it's um, a mental um, health thing. Like I, I know that I need to show up for myself because I've got a really busy brain. I, I don't like to label myself as an anxious person, but I have anxiety and it gives me a second to, to, you know, when I'm, when I'm just moving my body, whatever I'm doing, whether I'm doing Pilates, which is basically what I do all the time now. So I am obsessed with it. Um, but Pilates, I'm in a hip class. I'm doing, you know, a walk with a friend it just allows me to just be in my body and not do any of the rushing the thinking it quietens that and so when I show up for myself I know that I'm better for everyone else so that's my why so I guess it is difficult to prioritize yourself coming back to your question it is but in grounding back to your why and how you want to feel every day I, I truly think that's what keeps you coming back to your well-being. 
I mean, you're, you're quite humble, so you're not going to mention this, but your why I have watched been massively tested over the last, I don't know, how long has it been, 18 months. So the context that I've observed of you was you're a mother with two young children who you are raising in a country that isn't your home country, that isn't your partner's home country, so you have zero support. Your partner works really hard and he works a lot. Mm-hmm. That's then that's why you are where you are. But COVID lockdowns happened, scary pregnancy happened. Am I right by saying traumatic birth? Yeah. COVID yeah. happened. Or whilst you had a toddler, I watched you bundle them up, go to England for some TLC from your family, then having to come back to Asia and sit in a hotel room with them for two weeks. Like just... It, I just kind of felt like, you know, your, the the apartment below you was getting renovated, like there was jackhammering in your ear and to the point where now you've even moved country, but it's still in an aging country where you don't have that support. So I've seen you go through all the, so many of the things that would break somebody's willingness and ability to show up for themselves, yet you did. Maybe not perfectly every time, but I watched you do that. And I watch you show up for your business and your clients. And I'm just baffled. Like how, what, what, how did you do that? Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, it's been a really challenging, I'd say three years since I had Teddy because yes, I did have quite a traumatic birth and um, without realizing, I thought I had been through my grief with my dad, but Mm. it actually brought a lot of that to the surface and they say grief stored in the body right and that like fully came out um and it came out when I fell pregnant with Coco and like you say yeah there's just been so many things so many things that and this is why my quote is life is happening for me not to me because I I have been tested and broken down Mm. So many ways that I just have to remind myself. I'm like, okay, what's the lesson? What's the lesson? Something is going to come from this because it has to, because otherwise I'm going to freaking break down. Um, But yeah, it's, I guess I have my past self to thank for that. In I was prior to this challenge and all of these challenges, um, I had movement in my lifestyle yeah and that that is what I suppose was in my mind and it for me it is a it was a case of move your body to move your mood and I even if I do something for 10 minutes it gives me it gives me a shift like I just shift you know the stuff that's going on um but yeah I guess like we were saying things happen in life it's never smooth sailing we all have challenges and ups and downs and we deal with them differently and you know Instagram is amazing I love Instagram and it's the way I connect with my community and it's the way I kind of share my business with the world um but it is very one-sided there's a lot you don't see and don't get me wrong there's been some really hard days and there's so many things that like you know I don't share um (laughs) this morning I screamed into a pillow because my toddler was having a tantrum and literally repeated the same thing over and over and over and over again 
And I just locked my bedroom door and just had a moment. And I was like, I just needed to, to let that out because otherwise I'm going to shout at you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to share that on Instagram. But, you know, it, 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 there's challenges all the time, um, every day that I face with mental battles, demons. You know, yesterday I I told myself I was a bad mum. I text Jack, he was at work and I was like, I feel like a bad mum today. And he was like, you're absolutely not a bad mum. Why are you telling yourself that? But yeah, that like I'm a human being, the same as everyone else. I think I've just created this habit and I, I come back to the feeling and I, luckily I think I'm I can recognize and the more I think you do practice self-compassion and awareness I recognize my triggers so I know you know through therapy I've had therapy for the past three years because that's you know a lot of what's got me through as well and like you know speaking to someone like yourself and going through healing sessions if you're someone that's intuitive or even just curious about your thoughts and how you're feeling, how you're treating yourself, then I would just encourage you to get support in whatever way, because I just think, yeah, we don't have to do any of it alone, really. And that comes down to, you know, mental health, healing, trauma, and in looking after ourselves every day and prioritizing our well-being. Um, you know, I'm a Pilates instructor, pre and postnatal coach, strength and conditioning. I do all of those things and I could get up and do my own classes every day. But, you know, I'm members of other Pilates teachers platforms because I need accountability, too. And I go to people's classes because I feel inspired and motivated to show up when I go to a class for somebody else. So, yeah, there's 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 an element of habit which keeps me coming back. Um, but also I've just realized I just have to for myself because yeah, I guess um I those things have almost broken me and yeah it's it's movement and that self-love element in looking after myself that allows me to just keep going. And, and, that, yeah, and that is so different from our mothers and, you know, maybe their experience of motherhood and being, being a woman. And so we are kind of changing scripts in that, in that way. Mm-hmm. And there's a, that saying that you are your habits and your rituals. Mm-hmm. And whenever things get tough, you will go back to your habit. So if your habit is junk food, if your habit is laziness, if your habit is going for a walk, if your habit for me is my spirituality sitting with the moon, especially like those things never go, even when things are hard. So to be really conscious about curating your habits mm. so that they are healthy, as opposed to the, the ones that we all have that aren't so healthy. Um, and when you're working with women, the women that you work with are often at their most vulnerable, you know, as these things are happening for them, but to their bodies what advice, you know, can, have you kind of garnered from them that you can give to other women like us out there who do struggle to make themselves a priority? Mm. Um, my biggest thing is, like I said before, I would say start where you are. Like I said, meet yourself where you are every day. And then from there, start small. Because like listening 
to you know for someone that wants to integrate a habit of spirituality they might look at you and go oh my god that's really overwhelming because yeah. she shows up every day the same way someone might say oh you you exercise every day well I can't do that don't compare to what everyone else is doing start where you are and then start really really small and that might just be with um there's a book by a guy called James Clear called Atomic Habits and he oh, always talks about beside my bed so good isn't it I love oh, that it is the best yeah and he he shares some incredible um, little nuggets of like how to create a habit um and one of them is he says um if you want to start the habit of movement or exercise roll out your mat mm. and just sit there and just be with your mat the first day. I mean, that's a real micro, micro habit. But you might roll out your mat and, you know, do a little bit of kind of yoga, a bit of downward dog or whatever that looks like for five minutes and then go, okay, that's day one. Day two, I'm going to try that again. And day two, you might just sit there. But just the, the habit of rolling out your mat is gives the intention of, showing up for yourself and it starts to create that habit of movement and exercise um so that's kind of I guess one example but also um I think surround yourself with people who are on the same kind of in the same headspace and wanting the same um values and goals as you um so I guess in my work that would be you know, join a pregnancy group or join the push method because you're going to be surrounded by postnatal women who are all on that exact same path. Um, that might be that you want to join, you want to start running. So you join a run club and you've got that accountability and that um, kind of community feeling, which, which really helps. Um, and I guess just, yeah, start small, start where you are and have a whole lot of self-compassion because it's not going to be perfect um but in coming back to your why your your feeling how do you want to feel each day how do you want to feel this is like a simple question you know if you journal like put that in your journal how do I want to feel today and then come back to that at the end of the day and be like do I feel those things and if not why what could I change tomorrow that could lead me a bit closer to that um that is so yeah. true. Like, I love your whole point and you, you've made it a few times because it is so important. It's that why. And in like Jane, in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, what blew my mind was when he unpacked the why when it came to money. And he said, it's not about earning more money or being rich. It's about curating that, feel, that feeling of wealth. And so don't say I want to be rich or don't say I'm saving money, say I'm wealthy. And it's like, yeah, that's the feeling of wealth, of being able to be in control of your money and spend it how you want, as opposed to just those mediocre outcomes. Like we've used both of us at the gym of, I want my body to look different. I want my composition to be this. Mm. And shifting that to, I want to feel good. I want to feel strong. I want to feel empowered. The body composition comes along with that. Yeah, exactly. So true. Yeah, that's an incredible book. I really love that book. Um but yeah, it's definitely, um, it's a, it's a journey. <laughs> we hate that word, but it's, yeah. <laughs> what other word is there? Yeah. It is. Um, but yeah, and I guess circumstance comes into it all the time, you know, like 
um whether you've got support to allow you to have that time um and time is always a big thing time motivation um you know money I guess are the biggest blocks to to looking after ourselves and prioritizing our well-being um so and instead of saying you don't have the time or the money or the support you say I don't feel like I have it but how can I get it so it's a solution-based process as opposed to just naming them as excuses Mm, yeah 100 percent um and I mean, I always, I always, with time, I'm always encouraging people to check their screen time report, including mm-hmm. myself, because it's really shocking. It's so, <laughs> so depressing. It's so bad. Just so everyone knows, I was down 13% last week on social. Oh. <laughs> Just so you know, I'm improving, but it's scary the number of hours that are spent there, days that are spent Was there. that a conscious effort? No, no, no. No, but when I check it, it freaks me out. Mm, it is scary. The, the amount of time that is, oh, wow. Yeah, it's a, just a time warp, that thing. Totally. Um, but where, <laughs> where can we work with you? Where can we be inspired by you? Where can we contact you? So I am mostly um, or always on Instagram um, and my handle is I am Ashley Elizabeth. Um, but otherwise my training platform, my Pilates, um, on-demand class platform is called the push method. And that is basically an on-demand class, class library of, I think there's over a hundred now, um, pre and postnatal classes. So it's kind of for women who are heading into and then through motherhood. Um, and that goes kind of years beyond, um, so there's a range in kind of the challenge, the length of time, um, never really longer than 30 minute classes because my whole method and approach is in moving little and often. Um, and um, I guess just showing up for ourselves so that we can better be better for the people around us. So um, that's the push method. Um, but yeah, come and say hi. And I'm more than happy to answer any questions on anything if anyone wants to reach out. Well, thank you so much. We'll pop all those links into the show notes below, but thank you for being so open and vulnerable, sharing your story and your journey with us. I, like I said, am not pre or postnatal, but still find it inspiring. So thank you so much for joining us today, but also just thank you for being you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.